Now, the accountability partner no one asked for, Kevin McCrary. Here's Say Goodnight, Kevin. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Say Goodnight, Kevin podcast. Today, we have a conversation with a guy. His name is Luke Burnett, right? Burnett or Barnett? Barnett. Barnett, Barnett, Barnett uh, yeah. I grew up in the South. And I knew people, and they had they would say it differently. They'd say, burn it. It's burn it, darn it. Yeah. My dad says wrestling, so. Yeah, there you go. The writer and star, co-star and co-writer. Just the writer, but co-star for sure. Okay, all right. I never know where co needs to be. Oh. I'll re-record all of this. It'll all be, uh, <laughs> great, I'll re-record great. actually all of my questions. So they'll be like, hey, do you like popsicles? And then I'll and change it like, to. And you're like, David A.R. White. Yeah, do you like David A.R. White? And uh, so. <laughs> Of the movie Faith-Based is what I'm talking about. I've never nailed one of these intros, but <laughs> thanks for joining me on the podcast. How are you doing today? Thanks for having me, man. I'm good. Really good, aside from the smoke in Los Angeles. Are you staying away from that? I'm sitting outside right safe? now, so uh, so no. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's better today than it has been the last handful of days. From what I understand, your movie Faith-Based, it's had some controversies around it, like before it even started production it had some some weird press around it for the day we started shooting the yeah day we started shooting they they the trades the hollywood reporter and, and those kind of places uh, announced the movie and about six hours later we were on set and fox news and breitbart uh kind of <laughs> quickly had articles launched about how this christian bashing movie uh was going to be getting made and uh and all of a sudden we looked a week later and it, it had, I don't know, five or 10,000 comments on these articles uh, of people basically losing their mind over a movie that they had, had never, not yeah. only had they never seen, the movie hadn't even gone through a week of shooting. So no one really knew what the movie was about even. When did you guys start shooting this? We shot this last uh, last May, June, so 2019. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, a little over a year ago. So I think it was the the... The article is Fear Inc. Duo Christian Film mm-hmm. Industry Satire Faith Based. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so people when when anything related to Christian movies comes out, sure. I get emails about it. Uh-huh, Anytime it. Babylon B has an article making fun of Christian movies, I get it's like, have you seen this? Yeah, oh, you're gonna I'm love like, it. I've seen it. I saw it. I made that joke already, but um, <laughs> I said in my trailer reaction to your movie that it's kind of an obvious thing. I don't think that it's like obvious in a negative way but i think that you know it's uh ripe for the parody. Oh, yeah. i mean we definitely get the majority of people who hear about the movie or see the trailer that are of my mindset or or worldview or, or grew up in the world that i grew up in that definitely a lot of people have a moment of like ah like should have done that or or like i that's i i, I see where that's a good idea in yeah. the sense of it's it's obvious in that sense in terms of like specifics what was the controversy mainly about well the movie you know for anybody that does that hasn't heard about the movie it's basically about these two guys played by myself and and my my buddy tanner thomason who kind of uh you know they're for lack of a better word losers they're guys that are in their 30s that haven't kind of figured it out yet and and all of a sudden they kind of have this realization that a lot of these christian movies that um that tend to star 90s tv actors and <laughs> and fit within a certain set of parameters make a lot of money and so they basically set out to make one of these uh, on their own except they aren't christians and they don't know how to make movies so it's you know it's kind of got a, a producers meets like save sort of like world um and i think that just that kind of idea of these guys 
in any way satirizing Christian movies uh, rubbed people the wrong way just off of the log line, you know, without yeah. even kind of knowing who's making the movie or what, what it's really about or whatnot. Like for us, what, what kind of like, I think we knew when we were making a movie called faith based, we knew there was going to be certain people that would never see the movie or would have an issue with it just based off the name or the idea. But what's interesting is, you know, the movie itself we were trying to make was much, much less. We're not trying to make like the scary movie of mm-hmm. Christian movies. We weren't trying to make a parody in that sense. We were trying to make more of a kind of heartfelt buddy comedy that used this industry we've all found fascinating as kind of a backdrop and a setting for these for this story. And so, so many of the articles at the beginning basically latched on to the Christian film industry aspect and made the movie like seem like it's solely about these guys are going to rip the Christian film industry to shreds. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's, you know, that's just not what the movie was ever about. So it was, it was a bit frustrating in that sense. What was your upbringing? Did you grow up in kind of the circle of, of faith based yeah, films? Yeah. I mean, I grew, circle of I, friends as point of grace would say. As point of grace would say, I definitely grew up right out of the movie saved in the sense of like, I grew, I went to a super tiny evangelical Christian high school. Uh, you know, my dad was, a pastor uh i was very involved in youth group and all that stuff and 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 uh and and it's kind of started the idea in terms of like being an industry i found interesting was that i i played in you know these bands in high school these terrible bands where where at my school yeah we all did yeah yeah (laughs) i mean in my school we would have to in order to be allowed to play in chapel or at the like in the auditorium they would have to be Christian songs. So we would take, you know, Blink-182 and Green Day and Blur and basically rechange the lyrics to be Christian lyrics so that we were allowed to play them in school. Uh, and, and The girl and our, at the church show. Yeah. Dude, not- you're not – it's not far <laughs> off. I, I I was trying – the other day I was trying to find, remember a few of these and the only one I could fully remember was us changing Blur song to and we changed it to uh, something like – Woohoo! And I feel I've been made whole by his love and his <laughs> angels. And it was just like, wow. Do you remember uh, the band Apologetics? Oh, yeah, dude. They yeah, would do I mean, that. they basically ended up making a career out of it. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, they're the Weird Al of like turning. Yeah. Uh, but they, w- music. they weren't really funny. Like, they Weird Al was funny. They were, it, no. they, instead of comedy, it's Christian. They literally had a moment of of knowing someone like Luke Barnett was not he was listening they they imagined me in my in my little room yeah. quietly listening to like the Offspring album and then my mom coming in and me like turning it off really fast and they were like why don't I just re-record this Offspring song as Christian and then you could listen to it with your mom in the car yeah it's Christian mom it's fine genius yeah it's Christian um, porn mom it's fine yeah, yeah it's great exactly <laughs> they just blurred out uh the the penis and turned it into a cross and all of a sudden we're <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, I and so I had these, I had these, I had a lot of friends that played in bands that were actually talented and were actually really good, and they never really had a lot of financial success in the DC area. Where I'm from, the DC Maryland area, and uh, and there was there's one there's one guy specifically that I ran into a, a handful of years later, and the guy was basically all of a sudden making six figures in a band and they had just turned into a Christian band. So they were playing, you know, mega churches and they would do the creation conference and all creation these, you know, fest. um, yeah. 
which like, you know, <laughs> when I tell people that Creation Fest was a real thing that was like, it's like Christian Woodstock. They think I'm out of my mind. Yeah, it like, sounds Google, like a parody. Oh, Fest. you made that up. That's a good one. Yeah. That'd be funny if yeah. that was real. Well, like in the South Park episode, they have Christ Fest or something. And I'm yeah. like, no, that's a real thing. Like that nope. was what was weird about that South Park episode is how accurate it was. Oh, yeah. Oh, I like, went to the I went once to the one in there was one in uh, Illinois. Uh, I'm trying to remember what it was called. It wasn't Creation Fest. It was like the other one um cornerstone somebody, cornerstone yeah i went to cornerstone once and i remember it being like a woodstocky feeling where we brought tents and the whole thing you know yeah. and instead it was like us listening to switchfoot you know yeah. it was uh <laughs> before switchfoot was had like a radio hit i heard about them on wow 2000 so uh <laughs> wow <laughs> to this day my favorite wow uh no, my favorite's saw... uh, uh 98 i think whatever the green wow. one was maybe yeah, it's well, 97 <laughs> the wow 96 of 2000 was a, a special thing yeah um yeah. and well these guys all of a sudden were doing that they were playing mega churches and christian colleges and they were all of a sudden making real money and, and i found it just so interesting that their their music didn't change you know in terms yeah. of their their abilities or whatnot and they weren't like a bad band or anything but it was just interesting to see and and i think they're has been still is a lot of bands that basically realize that there the market becomes much much smaller when you're a Christian band versus trying to make it in the full on mainstream mm -hmm. music industry. And, and I don't know, like 10 years ago, maybe a little more, I started to feel like that was really happening in the Christian film world. And, and you started to see these kind of churches raise money themselves and, um, and shoot these movies for between, you know, a hundred and three hundred thousand dollars and they'd make 5 million or, or something. Mm -hmm. And, and that kind of got bigger and bigger. And I think that industry is just, so interesting in that sense because i do think there's a lot of people who are really genuine in their in their desires to make good movies that have a message of faith but i think there's also a lot of people who are either a business person that just sees the fact that someone like my dad will go buy every christian movie that comes out and mm -hmm. they're taking advantage of that or there's the pastors that aren't actively trying to like make high art and they're um they're basically just trying to use it as a way to preach and both of those i don't love the right. actual the actual movie faith-based kind of stemmed from our, our my the guy who directed faith-based and i our first movie was called fear inc and it was kind of a horror comedy and it did well for us in the sense that it premiered at like a big festival called tribeca and and it had Abigail Breslin in it, and we and, and people liked it, but we we really felt like, oh man, this is going to happen. And all of a sudden, a year from now, we're going to have a TV show on the air, or we're going to be doing a studio movie and whatnot. And and a, two or three years later, we had had, you know, we'd sold ideas and we had stuff start to get moving, but we still didn't have a TV show or a studio movie. And I at one point joked with Vince like, we should just make one of these Christian movies and then use that money to make the movies that people aren't allowing us to make. Yeah. Um, and we kind of took that idea and turned it into a TV pitch, which was what Faith Based originally was. Oh, that's we wanted to take it out and take it out as kind of an American bandle sort of like mockumentary TV pitch, um, which I still to this day loved. Our, our pitch for that was that we wanted to make, actually while we were filming it, make the movie within the movie to completion and release that like two months before the TV show comes okay. out. So all of a sudden, like the movie that was in that pitch wasn't The Prayer in Space. It was uh, Angel on a Farm. And it was about a, a city girl named Roxy who got in trouble with the law and has to go live with her grandparents' farm. And she meets a old horse wow. that speaks that's and talks. Wow, that's the plot of a movie called A Horse for Summer. 
no joke. Hold on. So <laughs> that's the, this, this is the, this is basically the, the, uh, the, uh, the TV pitch is this, she meets this horse. The horse shows her that there's a bigger purpose in life. Yeah, sure. Of course. We don't get the TV show made. We turn it into, we decide to do a movie on the first season, uh, which we kind of adapted and we changed to a prayer in space and we start filming and like a weekend I'm scrolling through pure flicks and I find that movie and I'm like, no way there is a real movie that is similar to this yeah. ridiculous idea. I mean, idea it doesn't have a talking of. horse, but that's the key difference. Kevin. That's the big our difference. Mo- our, our movie, the horse was going to talk. Of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, would you have gotten Dean Kane though? That's the thing. Uh, yeah, would uh... we have gotten Dean? And, and, and who would Jean-Claude Van Damme of, of voice the horse, which we originally wanted to have happen? Oh, of course. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I'm the same way. Like I didn't know about these. I knew about that. There were Christian movies and I'd grown sure. up seeing like, you know, um, Salty, the singing songbook, and oh, yeah. uh, you know a lot of the kids' stuff, Veggie Tales, and all McGee, all and, kinds me of, McGee and... and me. But like, I reviewed the uh, Left Behind movie, the Kirk Cameron one, ah. because I knew about that because that one was sure. big, and our church bought out a theater and stuff, and reviewed it as a joke. Like I had, I was doing different kinds of videos and did that as like I'm going to do a review of this movie. That's when I found out about all these movies and this whole hmm. world of Christian movies. Because people were like, hey, have you heard of this one? Have you heard of that one? Wow. And I'm like, wow. Like, God's Not Dead, I'd heard about, but never seen. Sure. And since I'd heard it about it, I thought, well, this has to be, I've heard enough people say this is good for me to uh, say, Take well, I expected something. And yeah. I was so shocked at how it wasn't anything. It was, in fact, a lot, very anti a lot of the things that I think, especially about faith and how you're mm-hmm. supposed to act towards people that um that's when i was like i sh- i need to do more of these reviews like i need to i need oh, to man. someone needs to say something and uh, i assume from growing up on the salty and all that stuff you you come you come from that background a little bit this wasn't a whole new world to you in the sense of like the christian movie factor was newish to you when you started doing these but but the world of, of right of that yeah christianity uh, and church the church world and stuff like you mentioned yeah you said you were homeschooled and I yeah knew. i was homeschooled so my dad it, it probably he at least knows what good movies are but sure. he still was like you know i think uh facing the giants it's pretty good mm. i actually and i'm like it's well but dad remember when we watched like remember the titans that was uh, yeah, good. Yeah. Well, that's the bummer is that so many people, when they recommend me something or they try to like tell me like, have you, have you seen this? They're looking at it as a, it's good for this, like for being yes. a Christian movie. It's good. And that is such a sad parameter to say. It's right. like, you know, when would you ever be like this band is good like for being a rock band. It's like, what do you mean? Like, this is just the genre they're in. They should right. still be making good music, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting how, you know, they, these types of controversies, I was thinking about like back in the day when Scorsese did uh, Last Temptation. Oh, Last Temptation of Christ. And yeah. all of the people who were upset about that, like Christians were, you know, upset oh, yeah. in a, in a Protest- similar way. They were boycotting and whatnot. And it's like, but this is one of the best like portrayals of Jesus that's been put to film. Why don't yeah. you guys make a good one? And then yeah. this one will, it'll go by the wayside. It'll be like, yeah, yeah, another Jesus movie, but there's so many great ones already. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But since you're allowing someone who doesn't even believe this stuff to be the one to make the good one, yeah. then that's the one that's going to rise to the top. You, you don't really have a have a leg to stand on. Well, remember the Titans is such a great Or a cross to hang on. Yeah. Oh. Uh, uh, remember the Titans is such a good example because that is, those kinds of movies it's always baffling to me that someone will 
basically promote the Christian version of that that's just not as good. Mm. I feel the same way about I I've talked to a few kind of teachers about this recently where where they clearly hadn't seen many secular movies that hit some of the same emotional story points that they clearly want and love from these Christian movies. And so I had this one teacher watch like Lion and The Impossible and a few movies from the last like five years that basically are sort of gut-wrenching emotional journeys where they find purpose in the end and, and all that sort of stuff. And and to her credit, aside from like having a lot of issues with the language, uh, she loved those movies. Mm. And it was just kind of like, can you imagine if if uh, whoever you want to you know call out, it's like if if uh, if the Kendrick brothers made if if they could make Lion. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, and and sure, incorporate more of their message or whatnot. But that's just like, why why do we keep saying this is good for being a Christian movie? Yeah. Like if this is so real to you, like if Christianity and your faith and that sort of thing is so life changing, then that should be pretty easy to make a movie about. People love like a journey. Yeah. I want to see that person actually be different by the end of the movie. I don't yeah. want to see them pray a prayer, and that's what the change yeah. is. And I can also, I can give you, for any genre of movie, I mean, we made Faith-Based on a literal micro, micro credit card budget. I can give people who make no-budget indie films all the slack in the world, no matter, even if it's a Christian movie, for being, like, not on par with studios. But some of these movies now are getting budgets that are, you know, $5 million, $10 million, oh, $20 yeah. million dollar budgets. At that point... You could pick any writer in Hollywood, or or not every. You could pick a lot of writers in Hollywood and say, "I'll give you a million dollars to basically write the lion level script yeah. for the story I want to tell," yeah. versus making a movie that's the equivalent of the hundred thousand dollar one that that church raised and and Jimmy from like youth group wrote it. Which it's like I'll give you more. I give you more leeway in that scenario. If like your buddy wrote it for free and you shot it for a hundred grand, then it's like, okay, right. this isn't going to be American beauty, you right. know, but it's, you like don't expect you... that. But in, in that case, there is kind of a, it's pretty good for, but like, yeah. no, there's nothing about Christian movie that means bad, you know, yeah. low budget can mean bad, but yet, you know, there's so many good movies that are low budget. Totally, uh, so, but I'll still give you more leeway. Like, I'll give you more right. leeway on Facing the Giants or Flywheel than I will the last six movies that the Kendricks brothers have made simply because they had enough budget that they could have chosen to hire phenomenal mm-hmm. actors and phenomenal writers and all that stuff. Yeah. And I don't want to well, call them out specifically, but, like, well, you know, there's, like there's the a lot of filmmakers Unplanned, like Unplanned, for example, that came out last year. That had totally. a $6 million budget. There was not six a million. name... In the movie, there wasn't a single big name actor in the whole movie, except for the girl from uh, from Princess Cut. Uh, but outside of that, there wasn't a, a big name yeah. in the movie. And yet, where did it go? Like you look at that movie, it's all just it's lit like ER. Uh-huh. It's uh, not the first episode of ER either, like the late episodes. <laughs> uh, yeah, when they were dwindling and they're, yeah. they're doing budget cuts. And it's like, but, but even that. I can forgive a lot, but if the script is bad, it costs so little to just take a million, like you said, from your production budget, you know, and I feel that way even with, with, you know, not to, again, call out the Kendrick brothers, but a a lot of those stories, especially their most recent movie, I felt had somebody who knows like story come along Mm -hmm. and they, they cut out some stuff, they added, you know, some better dialogue that actually mm-hmm. has some purpose in it. Like, okay, this conversation, it's clunky. There's a lot of extra lines here. But it's pushing us forward. Yeah, let's uh, let's fix that and tell like a family 
drama. You know, yeah. I, I think of um, the the I don't know if you saw the movie on Amazon uh, with Casey Affleck, uh, Manchester by the Sea. Sure. That movie is that I think that's a movie that a lot of Christian filmmakers could watch because it it's boring to a degree, but it's always moving forward. And it's sure. always making you wonder, well, what happened? Why is this guy like this? Why is he so depressed? And the payoff is great because when you find out, you're like, oh, then oh, you are I depressed and you totally get it. But they don't tell you all of that. They just drop you into a world yeah. where things are sad and you're not well, quite sure why. For $6 million, it's like, just to use Unplanned again as a, as a budgetary example, it's like, I could almost take any idea you give me for $6 million and I could find someone that for the right amount of money will write you the best possible version mm. of that stupid story. Yeah. So it's like, you tell me you want to make a movie about the uh, space monsters uh, and you want to pay somebody a million dollars to write it. I can go find somebody that'll give you the best possible space yeah. monsters. Yeah. Movie, Cause you know? you know, anything can be good. I had hopes for unplanned, not because I agree with its message, but I thought it would be interesting to see a movie about somebody who realized while working at crisis. this place and changed and did something completely different. I, I think it could have been interesting. I don't have to agree with every movie that I see. Uh, totally. In fact, I enjoy movies that I disagree with. Why would I watch so many Christian movies? Uh, <laughs> but you, you hit the nail on the head in the movie with the line, and I think a lot of people are resonating with this because it's in the trailer where... The lady who works at Christ Flicks. Oh, yeah. Why do, why do all these Christian movies have to be bad? They don't have to be bad. They just have to be. They don't have to be good. They just don't have to be good. And yeah. I, I do. That's been my thinking for a long time is that there's no expectation for yeah. these movies to be. Well, especially good. with these churches, with these churches, like you said, you know, your, your, your church did it for Left Behind. Now it happens so often where one of these movies gets announced and it comes out and the church rents out a theater and they mm -hmm. take vans of, of members to go see it. And, and that's what causes some of these movies to, to make quite literally $30 million on a $2 million budget. Yeah. And, um, and that all, from a strictly business producer mind never makes someone need to make a better movie. Like we yeah. had a, we had an actress in the movie that I won't, I won't name cause it's probably the only Christian movie she's been in. So she wouldn't want someone just to like seek it out but and I, even still it could be argued that she still hasn't been in a christian movie well this yeah yeah, yeah. no well this no no i'm sorry i more mean this uh, i'm talking about a different movie she did oh i i got she you basically okay. um i know i don't think faith-based is a christian movie but she um she when when she signed on to do the movie she told us the story where a year ago she had gotten offered the biggest amount of money she'd ever gotten offered for a movie <laughs> Uh, they basically offered her six figures to come up to Canada and shoot this Christian movie for 10 days. And she did, she said the script was terrible. She wasn't going to do it, but like six figures for 10 days of work. Yeah. She was like, I got to do it, you know? Yeah. And so she goes and does it. And the minute she like day one on set, she quickly realized that the producers of this movie were absolutely not people of faith whatsoever they were just saw that that these movies like war Room they were cashing in dollars yeah cashing in and and that's very different than than some of like the Irwin brothers and some of the other like mm -hmm. christian filmmakers obviously yeah. but i but it's, yeah it's a, and i think the Irwin brothers kind of thing. they're an interesting group of guys i think that they're nice people but i i do find it interesting whoever they don't have a problem with hiring marketers to market their movie and even implement the marketing of the movie within the movie itself. Like, I, I don't sure. think it's an accident that they picked a huge hit song 
to yeah. make a movie around or sure. to cast the people that they cast to put Shania Twain in a movie. And, um, and to, to be to be fair, though, more to their credit than these producers that I that I won't name is these guys were not they didn't they didn't come from some sort of faith background. They mm-hmm. weren't trying to, like, also make money while preaching. These guys yes. were just trying to make money. And she was like, well, you know, I took the I took the paycheck. Nobody will probably ever really see the movie because it's not good. But at the end well, of the day, that doesn't like, mean anything. It could. Well, and, yeah. And it, and it did end up on Netflix. So <laughs> that's what I do movie, sometimes you know? wonder, like some of these movies, I think that, you know, they'll get a big name in there or something. And I'm like, I wonder if they thought nobody would ever see this. Uh-huh. And then it became God's not dead. Uh, yeah. You know? And like, oh, yeah, you gotta no. Wonder. Or that's... some of the ones with like, I don't know any of the I don't know any of the. uh any anything personal whatsoever with like a Dennis Quaid, for example, mm-hmm. or uh, um, but it's kind of like so somebody like that. I do wonder, are they seeing it as like, well, somebody just offered me a ton of money to be in this movie that like yeah. no one's ever going to see. And then all of a sudden it, it, they don't realize that like, oh, no, that's going to be in 2000 theaters. Yeah. And it's going to make. Well, I do. I, I have my I theories know. that I have no backing for. But with that, he also released like a song and an album. Uh, see, I know uh, nothing about it. And him I wonder whatsoever. if that was part. And same thing happened with KJ Appa, the guy who played Jeremy Appa. Camp in their most recent movie. Okay. Uh, he's he's um he's in the show. See, now I'm I'm sounding. Well, you, you I assume at a certain what... point with the with the movies we're talking, <laughs> the movies that we're talking about have gotten to a level of budgets and stuff that those are agents having real conversations yeah. and, and telling their clients what this is going to but be. But I wonder if within you know. that, because he also put out like some songs hmm. along with the release of the movie. And yeah. uh, and I'm wondering if he's wanting to like test the waters of like a uh, singing career. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, Can I throw out a Christian like, single? Hey, can you um, pay for my studio time? Uh-huh, How, th- uh-huh. That's a way to kind of get him in and say, hey, we'll produce your first record if you yeah. play the star of this. Especially movie. if they see that the and then the record does remotely well or the song does remotely well, then they've got a thing to jump off of for right. the album. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also think with that movie, I still believe that's what it's. I think. Uh-huh. Yeah. This is the fascinating thing. So that movie released early, two weeks early, in IMAX theaters. But like they for were going only... for like a star is born. Well, I don't know. I don't know what happened with that. Does no, that, no, no, no. I, uh... I just I just mean it's such an epic concert thing that the IMAX thing works <laughs> yeah. because you're like, whoa, this is an but, epic so which is a larger ticket price. And they were sending out to churches to buy out theaters for those two weeks before it came out. So that's churches buying out giant IMAX boosted price yeah, theaters at twenty two dollars a ticket. Right. Uh, so I don't know. Part of me was like, I get it that they're like, hey, everybody, take your church before it actually comes out. You get to see it early. But also, that's a little, little bit interesting. I mean, it that's turned out probably better since they ended up. It was like right when the lockdown started, so uh, they missed a lot of. That probably yeah, made up for some have been of the selling anything. Yeah. But like that type of stuff, because there's a few parts where I think in your movie where like with that discussion with the Christ flicks lady Uh that I think people will look and say like, well, that's an exaggeration of what Uh people who work in in this industry are like. Um, I think to for some people, it is an exaggeration, but I think people would be surprised that for other people who produce these movies that may not be such an exaggeration. Yeah, uh, yeah, they may be surprised at how many people it's just a business for them. Well, yeah, exactly. It's it's all I think all of it is a little bit exaggerated. It's all a little bit heightened and stuff. And it's like, you know, we we have song we have 
pra- praise and worship in the church. That's mm-hmm. just like a little bit uh, heightened. It's, it's obviously like uh, sillier and bigger yeah. than a real church praise and worship would be. It's all a little exaggerated. But the Christ flick stuff, I think, is definitely uh, uh, an exaggerated comedic version of what those meetings are probably like. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, it still does boil down to like, you got to hit these points. You got to have this kind of cast. I'm sure those conversations yeah. happen in that same way. The actors they name are really in those Christian movies. Right. You know, it's like certain parts aren't that far off. There's know? a few things you you have that are like parodies of things that we all know what you're talking about. And then other things that you just straight up name movies and <laughs> actors in the industry. Well, that's kind of, honestly so much of what we were kind of aiming for even with like our names being luke and tanner Mm -hmm. and being played by luke and tanner it's like i i I, and i don't know how successfully we did this but i wanted to i when what i find what i find to be the most interesting forms of satire and the thing i like about satire is satire in my mind can be a big silly buddy comedy it can be a scathing serious article Mm -hmm. you know satire can kind of come in all forms as long as it's somehow putting a mirror to its subject and like having people think about it in a different way. And, and to me, what I wanted to like do in terms of some of these beats in the story is have you as an, as an audience, and obviously you're a little bit different because you've seen so many of these movies and, and you know it so well, but for the most part, I want some people to have a moment of like not having any idea what I want them to Google which ones of these were real, what okay. wasn't, what are these things like, who's this? It's just, if you can hit a tone where people are like, this could be a real song that people sing or it's probably fake, you know, or vice versa. That's interesting to me yeah. versus just doing like a straight parody where you kind of know, like everything is, this is just like their spoof of, of this, right. These kinds of stories. I didn't really want to do a parody. And, and honestly that will hurt us in certain ways in the sense of like, it's not a clear, it's not a parody of these movies that people would like, I think you mentioned, which I, I didn't see until like it's three months ago, but I really enjoyed, uh, what's it called? Uh, Jesus bro. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, that to me is more of like, you know, it's more of a parody in that sense. And, and I think some of these things, people will have wanted this to be more of a parody mm. and that's like, okay with me. I like the idea of it, of it not being about that and the stuff that it is about you kind of question where, where the line is that we're riding, you know? Yeah. I did wonder because the names are the same. Does this come from a lot of like your heart, who you are? Were you a loser? You know, <laughs> well, and, and I before you something... made this hit movie, I guess <laughs> yes, smash it. No, I mean, like we're we're playing very different characters in 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 many ways uh, in terms of the actual story and the families and stuff like that. But we definitely pulled stuff from our own personalities and we definitely pulled. I think there's this. You know, I think the two things in the movie are like my character is, you know, his he's desperate to find his purpose. And I think the thing Mm -hmm. that does happen for a lot of people, including myself, like earlier, not not as much right now. But like, I think there's something that a lot of people can resonate with, which is by the time you get to your 30s. Uh, a lot of your friends have figured out what their thing is and maybe they're successful, maybe they're not, but they kind of know the trajectory, the journey that they're going on. And I think that if you're in your thirties and you haven't pinpointed that and you haven't figured that out, which a lot of people haven't, yeah, it can feel very much like you're the only one left who hasn't. And, and it's, it's a very like weird headspace to be in is to kind of be searching for your purpose while you feel like you're the only one left that hasn't found it. And so I wanted to like have my character really be that 
uh, as extreme as it could be. And so like, while I, I've clearly had those feelings before, I think Luke in the movies character is kind of the extreme version of that. You know, he's this guy who, who cleans pools and he is into pyramid schemes and he's constantly like trying to find success in the fastest way possible. But mm-hmm. I think as much as it seems on the surface, like he's just trying to find success, like money or, or fame or something at the end of the day, he's more just like trying to find his purpose and he's trying to make his dad proud who clearly like, you know, he doesn't feel like he's done that yet. And, um, and for Tanner, it's like, you know, Tanner, he works at a bar, which Tanner and I both worked years at the bar that we shot in. Um, and I think the thing I've always found interesting about bars and church is that the best part is, is community. Mm. And then that's something that people can get out of church, whether they agree with the specifics of the beliefs and stuff, but like, it's hard to deny that that community at a, at a good church at least is, is a very present thing. And that's kind of the same with the bar. We would have people at the bar that basically were there every night. And a lot of people would see them as regulars or drunks or however you want to say it. But at the same time, a lot of these people like going somewhere where when they show up, even if it's the bartender, someone's going to know their name and someone's going to like talk to them. And that was the best part of working at like a great neighborhood bar was it kind of had this built in community of people that were looking for community. Um, And so I don't know, this is a long winded way of saying those are kind of like the two things we were trying to get across in the character storyline. And I would say they both draw from things in our real lives, even if they're an exaggerated like version of those things. Yeah. Well, and there's a genuine moment of kind of reflection for your character that that does kind of reflect not just on broad things like that, but specifically church church stuff. And it's not the kind of maybe what Fox News would expect it to be, where it's just a scathing Christians suck. But the, uh-huh. it is kind of like what are the things about church and mm-hmm. faith that I do care about and that bothered me and mm-hmm. you know the you know i don't want to spoil the movie because i think people should see it if people like the stuff that i make they'll definitely enjoy they'll at least have a conversation guys... yes you know yeah so you mentioned like there's certain things that people expect out of this movie you know you've kind of noticed that people mm-hmm. are expecting either like a christian movie movie uh mm-hmm. like scary movie or maybe just destroying christianity and taking it down a peg are some of those correct and uh and if not like what are some of the things that you do hope people outside of the stuff you already mentioned you well you expect it's, it's tricky to... like at the end of the day we made a movie that we made the, the movie we made was a movie that i would want to see like i mm. wanted i wanted to have a movie that would that had the elements of a buddy comedy that i love in terms of the things like a wedding crashers or an old school or just a straight up kind of like well done real real but exaggerated buddy comedy and i wanted to basically do it in a space that that we've all we all in know space? really well and we yes and we do end up going to space <laughs> um and we wanted to do it in a place where like you know it was this this world that hasn't been touched on as much and we find very interesting and and obviously i grew up in the church and stuff so i wanted to kind of use all of that in one and so as a kind of liberal leaning Christian and by liberal, I more mean like in terms of belief and in terms of like how I see spirituality and whatnot. It's like I wanted to make a movie that like a liberal leaning Christian would would really enjoy and a mainstream like non totally agnostic Christian would enjoy. It's a it's a buddy comedy at the end of the day. It's not a. It's not a Christian movie. Mm-hmm. It's not a parody of Christian movies, like you said. So I guess um, I guess that's what I hope 
I, I think it's going to have a, I think there will be a portion of people who will never click on this movie because they don't want to support it. And they don't know, uh, just based on the title or the log line, they're not going to support something like this. And then I think there's a good portion of people who will watch this movie and, and love this movie, especially if you're somebody that like knows this world semi well, whether it's the, the hipster church world or the Christian movie world, or you just like buddy comedies and go really like this movie. And then I think there will weirdly be a, a group of people that do watch and like the movie, but maybe don't tell a lot of people, you know, it's like <laughs> the, like not going to church on Sunday and saying, did you watch faith based last night? Right. But like, they texted their three trusted friends and said, you should watch faith. Yeah. No youth group's um, going to be playing this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think, well, I think, and to be fair, one of the things, the, the reason it's rated, it will be rated R is because of language. And mm-hmm. one of the things that like, we could have easily made that PG or PG 13. You could have gotten like, the person who went through, remember the Titans to fix uh, up that script. I mean, honestly, we, we did have a moment of like, we could make this PG PG 13 and yeah. it would hit some moments that like, you know, a youth group might enjoy. Um, but one of my biggest problems with so many of these Christian movies is that because they're trying so hard to hit a specific audience, they can't make people talk like real people and they mm-hmm. can't have the, the, you know, they can't have the good guy die in the end and they can't have somebody show drugs and they can't do these things that like good movies clearly do because yeah. they're portraying real people. And the characters of Luke and Tanner in this movie who are not Christians and who do work at a bar and all these things, they wouldn't say, gosh, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's like, if we were, it would feel completely dishonest to the story to have written those characters to appeal to a Christian specific audience in that regard. You've sabotaged yourself with your integrity. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Believe you me. I've, I've (laughs) done it my whole life. (laughs) No, dude, I, I, I trust me. I know the first line of the movie says fuck yeah and there's no world where somebody clicks on this movie who's like a a very conservative christian who has not heard maybe this specific podcast where i'm saying this there's no world where they click it and then say oh this is gonna get heartfelt and good right they're just gonna turn it off and it's like at the end of the day i I have i think we have to be okay with that knowing that's the movie we wanted to make you know and i hope i hope that people will keep watching but there's a lot of people in this movie like a lot of big names in this uh two questions about that one like uh what was that like getting those those people involved? And was there any sort of like hesitancy on any of their parts in terms of like being involved in a movie that touches on this topic? Uh, no, not at all to that. Every okay. everyone, everyone who we trust me when I say we shot this on a credit card budget, I'm not exaggerating. So nobody did this movie for their paycheck. Yeah, uh, everyone was excited to be a part of That's this movie. That's cool. Um, uh, and it was surreal, man. We when we started off going to make this movie, we we were originally going to shoot it on our phones for like a total budget of thirty thousand dollars with just our friends. Wow! And uh, and that was kind of the plan. That's how why we originally kind of wrote it as a mockumentary that stars Tanner and I, who are good friends in real life, and we was all just kind of going to do this. And then it started. To, it, you know, it never got big in terms of massive budget or anything. But all of a sudden, like everybody we kind of went to, whether it was key crew or cast all of a sudden said yes and wanted to be a part of it and then it just kind of got bigger and oh we're like oh we got to really shoot this with real cameras now you know um so it was very very exciting to see it all kind of like take off in that regard the uh the casting was i mean i mean there's no other way to put it aside from like it was just a a a dream come true like we actually we had a moment with jason alexander where we had had an excel document that had kind of like a list of people for for certain roles mm-hmm. and uh and we had an executive producer that had kind of financed a lot of it 
and he would go through and kind of give notes on who he was would approve casting of basically you know and i i have a vivid memory i took a picture of it yesterday because we're making a behind the scenes video is i have an excel sheet where jason alexander our, our top choices were like jason alexander danny devito there's a couple people jason alexander our executive producer wrote next to the name he said he said great but impossible oh really and it's like uh and that was back in may uh before we cast that role and it was um it was just very surreal to like, okay, yeah. let's, and, and the way that Jason kind of happened was when we started casting it, we did think he was impossible. And then we realized that two of the other actors in the movie were, were basically the same agency that he was not the same person, but the same agency. And I, and I called her and I said, look, you kind of know the script, you know, what world we're working in, in terms mm -hmm. of budget and all this stuff. Are we wasting our time if we try to offer him this role? And she basically called me and said, look, here's the deal with Jason. He, you know, basically doesn't base his choices on anything except for the role if he wants to play it and the, and something, a project that's interesting that he's never kind of done before. And he reads really fast. And so we were like, screw it, let's send this offer. And so we offered him the role on a Thursday. I get a call on Monday that basically says, and we're shooting in May, mind you. She says, Hey, Jason's doing a play right now in New York. And then he's doing another play in july at this place if you can shoot him in these two weeks in june he wants to play nikki Steele, and we basically were like lost our mind and then moved an entire week of production from may to end of june meanwhile all this is happening my wife is nine months pregnant so then i have to call jason's manager because it's getting so close and i say look we have a backup where if my wife goes into labor, we're going to shoot all my coverage out. And then I'm going to have my other weird little brown haired friend come and we'll shoot the back of him yeah. and do your coverage. And we got a call back from his manager like an hour later. That's like, Jason doesn't want that in your head the whole time you guys are doing your thing. He's willing to move his stuff. Oh, wow. So he basically pushed it again another like three weeks so that I could have a oh, kid. That's awesome. And then I shot it. Yeah. With a, with a though, week old baby even though that was no your fault i mean yeah, you should have thought about fault. that when yeah, you, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, got when your wife got pregnant. pregnant yeah yeah, yeah. man uh, now he was and it was amazing it was like a dream you know my that's favorite so cool. uh, character from my favorite comedy it was, yeah it was wild. oh my goodness that's that's so nice like and everybody was kind of like that margaret cho actually had heard about the movie uh from the fox news stuff uh-huh and, and and basically she's probably watching it all the time yeah she's obsessed with breitbart <laughs> she's she's responding to every comment on breitbart uh and she she had heard about it and, and and i don't even know if she'd read the full script yet but she like her manager called back and was like margaret's heard about this she wants she wants she in. wants was, in like, she was like great yeah it was the perfect role for was there anything about that controversy that uh maybe affected the direction of the movie or the anything like or was the script like ready to go set in stone? Or were you like, let's change this line um, just in a, in a, uh, you know, cause I, mean, I would have, if it were me, I would have been like, all right, this is the stuff that's really bothered me about this. We're going to have to parody this stuff too. <laughs> uh, I honestly, now that you say that, do I wish that we'd written in some sort of like Fox news Breitbart angle? Yes, I really do. Yeah. Uh, we did not <laughs> though. However, uh, think about anything like that. We were just kind of like flabbergasted that like our faces were on Fox News. Yeah. Uh, like what? What are you talking about? Like especially, especially because this isn't a Netflix movie or something that we shot for ten million dollars. It's just like yeah. this little independent film has all of a sudden like has people hating us in my in my dad's church. It's just like what? Do you, what? <laughs> um, so no, we didn't change anything, but uh, we should have. I like a lot about it. I especially liked a lot of the jokes about 
Christian movies, but that's something that's so in my sure my my world. I was the whole time watching, wondering what would people who what other people are going to think about this movie, and and uh, it's fascinating that way. I think that it, I think that all of those people will be surprised by the movie. They'll get something unique out of it. I was hoping that the characters would get like that kind of pushback from maybe some people like you guys shouldn't be making the, this kind of movie. You know, uh-huh. who do you think you are sort of thing. Um, uh, but yeah, there's yeah. a lot of that kind of like, I think people have those types of expectations. And well, the uh, other, the, one of the, the things we did be. cut out in the movie actually in hind and after a screening was we had had much more stuff in there about the guys kind of learning to church okay. in a way. Yeah. And that was something that like we had some, in my mind, pretty original stuff, both in terms of like we, Vince, Vince, the director and I both like were, you know, when we first moved to LA, we're very involved in like a couple, like very hipster cliche churches. And so we have a pretty good grasp on that world, probably more than anything else. And we had a lot of stuff in there that I thought was very funny and very original takes on that stuff that you hadn't seen in like, believe me, or in any sort of other like movie that does that. But we ultimately felt like the movie's not about these guys learning to church. Mm-hmm. And that just felt like an entire kind of like minor storyline that the movie's not about. Yeah. And so we kind of just like literally lifted like 12 minutes of footage out because we were just kind of like, we're not trying to make a movie where two guys learn to church. Like yeah. there's parts where, where Tanner's character sees the good in the church and gets involved in mm-hmm. the church and whatnot. And yeah, we a I thought bit that, that was there, really, but... that was a good little like kind of a twist like a surprise, like he's trying to hide the fact that he's, uh-huh. you know, Quite something kind of the opposite of what you would expect to happen. And I think it's, I think that's one of the most heartfelt moments where it's like, you know, he's he's learning, he's learning to be, and that's a very positive thing. I think people who are Christians should appreciate that, that it's him getting involved in that, that changes his ways. Like he yeah. is a, you know, he's a womanizer and- yeah he learns to be a better person. And that's a lot of people's stories. Uh, I think that that's, I mean, he, he, you know, he's, it's like, there's a, actually there's like a, you know, there's moments where he like gets offered a shot at the bar and he's just kind of like, I got something to do the next Mm -hmm. day. Like he's kind of, it's kind of helps him get, find something. You know what I mean? You see kind of his journey and his growth. And the thing that makes him grow is in this movie where it's making fun of some of that. And I think that that's, what's cool. That's what I often find interesting is, I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I don't want to throw the baby mm-hmm. Jesus out with the bathwater. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but I, yeah. I, I, there are things about like faith and Christianity and all of that that really need to go, or at least sure. I want to avoid uh, and yeah. need to be made fun of. But there are things that we can't just look at all of culture and say this all should go. Like yeah. there is, <laughs> there's a level to which things exist and and people are better people, and you know even. My own, you know, my own father, I'm glad he found Christianity. He's, I think he was a better father sure. for it. And I can't, like, just throw all that away and deny yeah. that, the importance well, of that. I also think in storytelling, if you're, only, if you're only making a movie that is looking at the negatives of these things and pointing out the flaws and doing that, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to have a very one-note, mm. angry movie. Yeah. And so to me, it's like showcasing aspects of all these things that are positive, whether that's through a heartfelt moment or a joke or whatever. It's kind of like it's necessary to, to create a somewhat well-rounded story to make the other aspects engaging, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And oh, Sorry, one other thing I did want to add, because you asked about the cast, I also want to say uh, any movie you ever make Lance Reddick will make that movie much better. 
Like the the actor that Lance Reddick as an actor was the first person in terms of like name big talent. He was the first person to sign on, and it was so interesting because I was a big fan of The Wire, and um, especially being I'm um, being from near Baltimore, it was like I, I grew up on The Wire, and I used to do stuff with Funny or Die, uh, Will Ferrell's site, and Lance did this video that I think is still to this day my favorite Funny or Die video. Where, where anybody who knows Lance Reddick, he plays very intense, very intimidating figures of authority all the time. And he did this version of it in this funny or die video where he played the manager of a KB toys. And it was just like him being the most drill sergeant, angry Lance Reddick, you know, you could have very R rated. And it was like, I think it's the funniest thing they've ever done. But when we offered it to him, the, the role of my dad, he, um, he wanted to play Jason Alexander's character, Nikki Steele. Uh-huh. And he, he, cause he, you know, it is kind of the funniest role in the movie. And he basically, we basically said, you're Lance Reddick. We'll let you do whatever you want. You want to play Nikki Steele, you can play Nikki Steele. Um, but we'd like to talk to you on the phone about why we want you to play the dad. And basically we like kind of pitched him on this idea that in movies, you've seen it a million times where an affluent uh, white family adopts an African or African American child from poverty, mm-hmm. and you rarely see it. You've rarely seen where an, uh, an African American family adopts a white kid. I don't know that you've ever seen it where an affluent African American family adopts a white kid who turns out to kind of be a failure. Right. And, and and he was like he he was like let me chew on that. And then he's like, we read the script, and the next day he called us and just said, I don't want to play Nikki Steele. Uh. I want to play Pastor Mike. And I think that like it's so subtle and we don't like talk about mm-hmm. it in the movie very much, but like, I think I mean, it you feel it. Like I nice noticed that to it. Yeah. It yeah. adds a disconnect to them mm-hmm. that, that like you, in my opinion, you want them to be reconnected. Yeah. And, and even, and the, and the disconnect is obviously not because of race. Uh, but I think that like it, it adds to it a little bit where it's just like this kid's adopted. He never really felt like he was his son, you know, mm-hmm. or by, probably more so that, that, Lance never felt like I was his son. I noticed that, but not in like you said. It's not like well, this has, this is, is making some sort of big racial statement or anything. It's just something that's in the movie that adds a layer to think about. Because he's a likable person, I think that it's good to have kind of these. The Christian characters aren't you know so often Christian movies do the opposite of this, where they make mm. the Christian character so perfect and the non-Christian so obvious. Nobody can connect with any of these people. Where with this, you have kind of nobody's a, a villain in a uh in a we're gonna take down the this or that but the, the christian characters also are very like human you know yeah they're they're if anything if anything a lot of the christian characters in the movie are trying to help their cause and the main characters that aren't christians are the ones that are like trying to take advantage of the church yeah you know and i think i think you know ultimately it's like my character the entire time is obsessed with Nikki Steele and this character that's like the head of a, a pyramid scheme and all the while it's almost as if my hero should have been my dad you know what I mean yeah. and it's like who, who's obviously the pastor of the church but yeah, um, yeah. it's funny because my wife said you know this would be interesting as a series so mm-hmm. it's funny that you mentioned that that was kind of an initial an yeah. initial thought I but, also know, I, was hoping I, for even more like making of the movie stuff yeah honestly that that is something that in hindsight 
uh, while we can't, uh, we obviously we couldn't do much about Could it. Could you fix that for me yeah, before yeah, yeah. it comes out, uh, please? Thanks. That, is, that is that is something I like so much of that in the movie. Uh huh. But I'm like, oh man. And I like had... like be kind, rewind. You remember that movie? Uh-huh, uh huh. Sure. You know, it kind of gave me that feel where it's like, hey, yeah. we're trying to do this. I yeah. love that. Kind I mean, of people thing. have compared it a few times to like Zach and Miri make a porno. Mm. You know, where it's got like a bit of a just like. R-rated producers, uh, but yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I, if we were to ever do something else, whether it was a TV show or, or a different kind of movie about a sequel or something, I would definitely push much more into the making of the movie because even if you don't do that in like a parody, again, like scary movie type way, I think there's something about that that's so funny yeah. to watch, especially when they're not making something good. And, and we as an audience know it's not going to be good. They're not going to make Fight Club in this. So right. it's kind of like, man, what are they going to make? And I, I definitely like would love to do that again. Like we joke, the movie, the movie uh, is getting kind of a big release in Japan, which I find hilarious. Yeah. Um. And and they're like super excited about putting this movie out. And I cannot help but wanting to see like the same kind of story for a sequel, but it's all in Tokyo, and it's them getting hired to like go making a bad like martial arts movie yeah. or a Godzilla type movie, and and we make that like fifty percent of what the movie is. You know. Yeah. I think that that because I'd love to see these characters again, and I think that it's um, yeah, do it if if it blows up, of course, if it's the biggest yeah, yeah. movie of all time. Yeah, if this makes if this makes a uh, war room money, yeah, good uh, luck my with dad's that. church. My, if my dad's church rents out a screening to see, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Come on. You, you gotta you gotta do a campaign to all the bars and yeah, tell yeah, them, yeah. look, we need to support this because this promotes <laughs> drinking, okay, uh-huh, and it promotes uh-huh. bars. Yeah, so please, we need this. Yeah, we we need, need this. The churches are not going going out for us. We're finding out. We need. Yeah, it turns out they're churches not aren't supporting this buses. movie. We thought they were going to send busloads. <laughs> yeah, they're not the Democratic Party. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, fun stuff. All right, man. Well, thanks so much for joining me on the show yeah, today. Yeah, dude. Thanks for the time, this, man. And this for is a blast. I think. Where can um. Is this going to be in theaters, yeah. or where can people check it out? It's, the movie it's uh, it's currently scheduled to come out October 9th in uh, I think ten ten cities, and on the same day it will be available on uh, you know Apple and Amazon and VOD and basically anywhere you can uh, pay to rent or buy a movie. Um, I would probably encourage people to do it that way. I think it's the safest, best yeah. way to do it right now. So if you want to, you know, have a few beers or a popcorn and watch this movie, and and, and I'll say this like I know this is a bit of a a bit of a, a pitch but oh, at the same fine. time it's like these kind of movies and i don't even just mean faith-based like if, if this movie sounds like a turnoff to you uh find another like very small independent film because um your three dollar people's three dollars to rent these movies or ten dollars to buy them whatever they take uh they're people word of mouth is really the only way that these movies keep getting made and it's like i feel such a need to like say that and i know it sounds everyone knows that but at the same time studios and companies even if they're independent are not making original movies and so it's kind of like people always say they'll just wait for netflix or they'll wait for hulu and the truth is faith-based is going to end up on netflix or hulu and so somebody could say i'm gonna wait eight months and and see it for free but at the same time that those movies will not keep getting made and so it will eventually just be sequels and and spinoffs and superhero movies and so I highly encourage anyone listening. I uh, would love for you to check out Faith Face, but if you don't 
like the sound of faith face go find another independent film to pay three dollars uh, to rent one night i think it'll go a long way very well i will i will <laughs> you've rent... given me your you've given me all your time you don't need to do it but <laughs> i will rent faith-based on christiancinema.com <laughs> i'm sure it'll be there just, yeah i'm sure david a.r white's already purchased the right yeah to it's sequel. gonna be streaming on netflix soon i mean pure flicks <laughs> i love the idea of a sequel that stars david a.r white yeah. in my role in the movie <laughs> David I like your movie, Luke. but there's one Luke. problem. <laughs> it's just him in a Hawaiian shirt and a mustache. Like, <laughs> hey, Tanner. He's like 20 it's like, years uh, older. It's like in Austin Powers when um, <laughs> when they do the Austin Powers movie. I think it was the third one. And Tom Cruise is playing Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. This is Dave, Dave, 55-year-old Dave, David A.R. White. Like, what's He's up, like, can we take kids? out all the jokes about my physical appearance? Uh, <laughs> we can't do yeah. that. Uh, that probably was my entire my favorite thing in the entire movie to write was uh-huh. <laughs> literally because honestly we probably put into the movie ten percent of what we shot. Uh-huh. Uh, so just writing like a hundred jokes about Tanner and I's appearance. Well, taking uh, the one about later. taking the glasses off uh, was the one I left <laughs> out, and I felt bad about it. I'm like, I'm gonna be uh, talking to this I guy, but it. that is so good. So, it's also when you when somebody somebody once and we were doing like a, a screening or like a sound design thing and somebody was laughing at that joke and then paused it and it was like that was the moment when it was paused on screen that it was like this is a scarily accurate joke. Like, <laughs> well, you're wearing between, the black glasses and I'm like, yeah, oh my gosh, yeah. when you he's get got a the big mustache nose and a black glasses and a mustache, it's like this is a Halloween costume. <laughs> Sir, can you take the costume <laughs> off? The costume this off is my face. Uh, oh man all right well everybody should check it out unless they're offended easily and then they should they've already turned it off so no worries about that yeah yeah they're not listening anymore (laughs) 